Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 107, President's Day, 2023. It's Monday, February 20th, 2023, President's Day. Most Americans were greeted with a surprise news story this morning that President Joe Biden visited President Zelensky in Ukraine for President's Day, although he was a little ahead of our official President's Day. This was a surprise visit. It was not on the White House schedule. White House aides in the week before the visit last week, when asked if there was a visit planned, to Ukraine by President Biden. They said, no, there was nothing scheduled. Obviously, this is something you want to keep kind of quiet. Apparently, the last time President Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, were seen in public was Saturday night, and the airplane, Air Force One, took off uh, very quietly under cover of darkness at 4.15 in the morning on Sunday to fly to Ukraine. I can't think of a better way for President Biden to spend President's Day. After all, the president of Ukraine is a president as well. And even though our President's Day is an American celebration, I think that President Biden going to Ukraine to visit President Zelensky is a very notable event, and I think it's a great way for him to spend his President's Day. As we know, (laughs) Ukraine has been under under attack for a year now. Russia is a terrorist organization and has committed crimes against humanity. We have seen that the Russians have not focused on military installations. They have actually targeted infrastructure, which has cut electricity to homes in Ukraine during the middle of winter. And winters are normally very harsh in Ukraine. They have targeted apartment buildings in the middle of the night or in the early morning hours when they know that there are likely to be people there sleeping and will not have time to react to any sirens alerting them that there's an incoming missile. We have seen schools bombed, churches bombed, 
hospitals bombed. It's truly a tragedy. So I think it's wonderful that President Biden spent his President's Day with uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine. And naturally, this is a problem for some in Congress, mostly the folks on the right who criticize everything any Democrat or certainly President Biden might undertake. And the biggest loudmouth right now in Congress, or I guess she's really just one of them, would be Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. And uh, she has said that uh, she thinks uh, President Biden's trip to Ukraine is, quote, incredibly insulting, end quote. And she said that his visit demonstrates his, quote, America last policy, end quote. So uh, this was all mentioned, of course, in a tweet. And the tweet said, quote, this is incredibly insulting. Today, our president's today on our president's day, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, chose Ukraine over America while forcing the American people to pay for Ukraine's government and war. I cannot express how much Americans hate Joe Biden, end quote. (laughs) And it's notable that Green was one of 11 House Republicans responsible for a bill titled Ukraine Fatigue, which is a, uh, it's a resolution uh, earlier this month, and it called for suspending military and financial aid to Ukraine. (laughs) So you kind of have to wonder where these people are coming from. Because Ukraine is a country with a democratically elected government, and they have been under attack. They have been invaded by an adversarial country who has a history, I guess it's that has a history, of going in and attacking sovereign nations. Crimea, for instance. And Representative Green and other Republicans in Congress don't want the American people to support democracy. Makes you wonder why in the heck she is in government, doesn't it? Unless it's to destroy it. And break it down. And that seems to be what she is focused on doing. And I'll tell you what's incredibly insulting is the fact that we have representatives in Congress right now who are lying to the American people. 
They're lying to the American people about what they want for America, their vision for America. They tell us that they want to protect our rights, while at the same time, they are taking rights away from people. When you tell women that they no longer have a choice in whether or not they're going to have a baby, even if they were raped, you are taking away a right. You're taking away their choice to make their own medical decisions. When you ban books like Governor Ron DeSantis is doing down in Florida, you're taking away the freedom of people to choose what they read. And if the book has something in it that's inappropriate, the parents probably should get involved and explain to their children why the book is inappropriate in their opinion. Just preventing these kids from having access to these books is not going to stop them from getting the information. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, if I was told, oh, you can't watch this, or you can't do this, or you can't read this, it made me even more curious about what was going on. Why, why can't I? Why can't I watch this program? That didn't happen very often in my house. My parents would let us watch things. And my mom especially was good about talking to us about what we were seeing. I can remember watching things about Vietnam on TV and having conversations with my mother about what we were seeing. And I can remember Watergate, same thing. And I remember my mom saying that what President Nixon had done was wrong and should not be tolerated. <laughs> so I should say that Marjorie Taylor Greene was not the only Republican who felt it was necessary to speak up. Pennsylvania Republican Representative Scott Perry tweeted, quote, breathtaking that President Biden can show up in Ukraine to ensure their border is secure, but can't do the same for America, end quote. Well, uh, Representative Scott Perry, maybe somebody needs to remind you that it's actually your job to fix the problem at the border. You are in the House of Representatives, and you are supposed to write bills and get them sponsored and get them to the floor where they can be voted on and hopefully passed and then sent to the Senate, which the Senate does the same thing. You fix things that way. It's literally your responsibility to do that. So my suggestion would be you, Representative Scott Perry, get with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and sit down, shut up, get off of Twitter, and actually do something to fix the problem that you complain about constantly on Twitter but never do anything about. Good grief. Enough. Earn your salaries.
And of course, uh, another Republican uh, representative from North Carolina had to chime in again on a tweet. And uh, this was uh, Representative Greg Murphy. And he said, quote, so it takes two years for Joe Biden at POTUS to visit the war zone he created at our southern border. But then he goes to see another war zone he created in Ukraine, end quote. Well, (laughs) uh, Representative Greg Murphy, apparently you aren't able to pay attention or you have the attention span of a gnat because the uh, war zone in Ukraine was not created by President Biden. It was created by apparently someone you're quite fond of, Vladimir Putin of Russia. Of course, I can see where you might be confused because the previous president, in the White House, Donald Trump, the Republican, was subservient to Vladimir Putin. And you can see that in multiple pictures that were taken of the two together while Trump was president. Very, very much subservient. How does it feel to have a president who is a doormat for Russia? Huh? Because that's exactly what Trump was likely because he, well, he probably owes Russians a lot. I guess we're going to find out here, hopefully very soon. So I will point out that despite the criticism from some anti-American, unpatriotic Republicans in the House, other House Republicans have encouraged and have urged President Biden to increase support for Ukraine. The uh, House Foreign Affairs Chairman, Representative Mike McCall, was on a television show, CNN's uh, State of the Union, which uh, uh, this was an interview that aired on Sunday. And he... uh, indicated that bipartisan support for Ukraine is still very strong, and he called on the Biden administration to increase support to avoid a long, protracted war. And upon arriving in Ukraine, President Biden announced an additional $500 million of assistance to Ukraine. So, there you go. I will uh, point out that Prior to leaving the United States, Russia was apparently advised through the appropriate sources in the American government that President Biden would be visiting Ukraine, kind of as a heads up to <laughs> let them know that uh, maybe they need to be a little bit careful about what they do in the next uh, couple of days because uh, we wouldn't want to be (laughs) um, bombing buildings where the President of the United States is uh, occupying, right? So the uh, final decision to travel to Ukraine apparently occurred in an Oval Office um, meeting on Friday. So it naturally was a pretty... Uh, high-stakes visit. 
and apparently the uh, um, risk was uh, deemed to be a manageable thing. And uh, apparently the highest uh, executives, highest uh, personnel within the Ukrainian government were also involved in the planning of this trip. Um, it's interesting to note that the air raid sirens in Kiev, which is uh, the capital of Ukraine, and that's where President Biden visited with President Zelensky, uh, the air raid sirens were sounded while President Biden was actually in the city. So the thing that kind of surprises me is even though Ukraine has been under attack for a year, when you look at the photos of the city, at least the parts that have not been bombed, it is clean. There's no litter or trash blowing around. You can see trash cans with liners neatly placed along uh, public access areas and parkways, things like that. Everything looks neat and clean and tidy. And it sure seems to me that the Ukrainian people have a lot more respect for their country and a lot more pride than even Americans do. I am always shocked at how much Americans seem to disgrace the country by throwing litter and trash around. Every 4th of July in the city where I live, there's a big fireworks show. And the city puts on the display and they do it um, in an area that's very popular, a very popular part of the city where there's parks and, and uh, jogging trails and things like that. And it's always amazing to drive through those areas the day after, like on July 5th, and see all of the litter and trash blowing around. And this is after a lot of it has been picked up overnight by city employees. And I just think, how difficult is it for people to pick up their trash and put it in a one of those plastic bags you get at the store or take it to a trash can, which is all over the place. They had trash cans. Instead, they just throw their litter on the ground and they walk off and leave it. That's disgraceful. And anybody that tells somebody or thinks that they are a patriot, but yet you do something like that or you throw litter out on the streets while you're driving, no, you're not. You're a disgrace. So um, President Biden uh, signed the guest book while he was in Ukraine. And in the guest book, he wrote, quote, I am honored to be welcomed again in Kiev 
to stand in solidarity and friendship with the freedom-loving people of Ukraine, Mr. President. Please accept my deepest respect for your courage and leadership. Slava Ukraini. That's glory to Ukraine. Joe Biden. End quote. So, <laughs> there you go. And uh, with that, uh, Biden left the Ukrainian capital and the reporters in his press pool who were traveling with him were not allowed to keep their electronic devices with them while they were on board Air Force One. Apparently they were advised that this trip was not to be publicized and apparently there is an agreement between the press and the White House that if they want to continue to be invited and allowed to go on these trips that they, when they're told you need to keep this quiet until we tell you it's okay, uh, apparently they do comply because President Biden had visited Ukraine and had left the city uh, before anything was announced. Uh, as far as I can tell, anyway. Uh, President Biden arrived at uh, 8 o'clock a.m. local time, which is 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern time here in the United States. And he met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, and he walked around central Kiev while he was uh, visiting and uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine said that uh, President Biden's visit to Ukraine leaves Ukraine closer to victory. So I still have to question why we have so many people in Congress who apparently dislike democracy so much. And... I don't support war at all. I've never liked war. I don't feel that it really resolves anything. It destroys families and tears apart cities and countries. And then it costs a fortune to rebuild. The impact on the environment is awful. And... I don't think that that is the way to go. I think we need to spend more money and more time on diplomacy and having conversations and working things out uh, more so than having a strong military. Although I understand there's a need for a strong military, but we have to do it within reason. And our military budget here in the United States has been out of control for a long time. And there's a ton of waste. And... I, uh, it's my understanding that audits seem to be inconclusive when uh, the Pentagon is audited. It always seems like there's a lot of money that is just misplaced. Um, Iraq is one of the big examples there. So um, I don't know how you can be a democracy 
and promote democracy around the world and not be involved when a foreign country attacks another sovereign nation. You can't just stand by and let it happen and promote democracy and freedom and liberty at the same time. Before I go, I will just mention that this morning, Monday morning, China's foreign ministry said that the United States, quote, is not qualified to lecture, end quote, on supplying arms amid uh, concerns that uh, U.S. officials have stated that uh, Beijing is thinking about supplying lethal support to Russia's military. And (laughs) um, according to the foreign ministry spokesperson, Wang Winbin, Weinbin, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. The last name is spelled W-E-N-B-I-N. Uh, he said, uh, quote, it is the U.S. side, not the Chinese side, that supplies a steady stream of weapons to the battlefield. The U.S. side is not qualified to lecture China, and we would never accept the U.S. dictating or even coercing pressure on uh, Sino-Russian relations, end quote. So, um, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there, but apparently on Sunday, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said that uh, he had concerns that Beijing is considering stepping up its partnership with Moscow and will possibly do so by supplying Russia's military with lethal support. And apparently, uh, Blinken raised this issue when he met with China's top diplomat, uh, Wang Yi, on Saturday. That was the trip, I believe, that was planned, but was canceled back, has it been two weeks? I guess it has been, no? Anyway, whenever the Chinese balloon was first spotted, Blinken had a trip scheduled to go to China or to have a visit with the Chinese, and it was canceled and apparently rescheduled. So this is uh, a problem. It adds an additional potential conflict to this aggression, aggression by Russia to take over countries. And I think it's a, it's a basically a damnation of capitalism which we don't have. We truly do not have capitalism in this country because capitalism requires competition. And when you look at how many airlines we have today compared to how many we had back in, oh, I don't know, the 1970s, (laughs) you can see that the competition is much less today. And we have allowed American companies to outsource uh, just about everything you can think of to other countries because labor is cheaper and they can funnel more money to their CEOs and their shareholders. 
And if that means the United States loses jobs, has to shut down manufacturing plants, well, so be it. And if that means that we are at um, another country's mercy for things like, oh, um, (laughs) chips that go into circuit boards for cars, computers, electronics, uh, or things that need to go into uh, the drugs that we depend on to keep people alive. So, and I think the pandemic that we had, which I think we still are in, in the middle of a pandemic, I don't think it's, it's over, but we know how badly the supply chain has been disrupted. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that China shut down and we depend on China for so much. Well, what if we get involved in some sort of an altercation with China? Or what if China decides to side with Russia with Russia and, and the uh, aggression? And then we're on opposite sides. What do we do? <laughs> we're uh, certainly uh, one of China's largest customers. They depend on the United States and the United Kingdom or the European Union, actually, for uh, a lot of income. And I think the European Union is certainly on our side and on Ukraine's side in this altercation with Russia. But what if China says we're cutting you off? Could be a problem. We need to <laughs> we need to start penalizing companies that outsource jobs and manufacturing. Uh, Companies that build manufacturing plants outside of the United States should have their taxes increased for doing that because they can afford to pay higher taxes since they're saving so much on labor costs, right? And then companies that bring jobs back to the United States and build plants or instead of building, how about remodeling existing structures so that we're not destroying the environment at the same time? and give them the tax cuts for bringing jobs back. And I think uh, maybe we even ought to consider taxing corporations based on how well they pay their employees, how many employees of their companies depend on government assistance for shelter or for food, and things like that. Maybe we need to change the tax policy so that it favors America and American jobs for a change. At any rate, I'm going to let you go. I hope you have a great Monday, unless you have other plans. Happy President's Day to all of the legitimate presidents out there. And the next podcast that's on the schedule is for tomorrow, but it might be Wednesday on that one. I'm not sure. Take care. And again, thank you for your time. I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy. 
and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.